0: The Holy Gospel, according to Mark, the ninth chapter. Glory Glory to you. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. and he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared with them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, O Christ. Almost immediately after New York Times bestselling author Glennon Doyle, posted a picture of herself standing in her kitchen, she started receiving messages from people who were volunteering to help her declutter it and update it. She reported that some even went so far as to include photos of what her kitchen could look like if it were given just the right amount of time, money, effort, and attention. This, not surprisingly, prompted her to take a second and much closer look at her kitchen. And when she did, when she looked at it through the lens of those who had written, she saw what they saw. Old laminate cabinets, outdated hardware, well-worn flooring, cluttered countertops heaping with papers and mismatched appliances. She began to dream about a new and improved kitchen. That's when, she says, she was reminded of a passage from Thoreau's Walden, which reads, and I quote, I say, beware of all enterprises that require new clothes and not a new wearer of the clothes. The next morning when she stepped into her kitchen, she did so with fresh eyes and wrote an essay about what she saw. Among other things, She saw a pantry and a refrigerator fully stocked with fresh and healthy food, enough to feed a family of five for a good long time. She saw a faucet that dispenses clean, safe, cold, and hot water for drinking and cooking and cleaning, noting that there are some mamas who must walk miles to and from a well for just a single bucket of this stuff. She saw a pile of papers from her kids' school as evidence of the good and free education they are privileged to receive, as well as evidence of the caring adults in their lives who work so hard to open their minds and grow their brains and stretch their hearts. At the end of the essay, she posted two pictures of her kitchen side-by-side, sort of a before and after, though... The only difference between the two photos was that her family stood front and center in the second one. Same old countertops, same mismatched appliances, and same clutter and piles of paper. Beneath the second photo, she wrote, "Babam, <laughs> extreme home makeover. My kitchen is beautiful because it is full of beauty. Today is the last Sunday in Epiphany, which is known as the season of light and revelation. Every week, since January 6th, in the assigned gospel readings, we have been given glimpses into the identity of the baby born in the manger on Christmas. Now, a grown man, through the Bible readings over these last six weeks, we have seen Jesus as the one upon whom the Spirit descended and called Beloved, The one who casts out demons, the one who teaches with authority like no other, and the one who heals the sick and raises the dead. And today, we have before us the story that amounts to the climax of Epiphany. Here, Jesus' identity is on full display. Jesus is revealed to his disciples and to us in the fullness of his glory. Jesus is transfigured. Unfortunately, there is no way to adequately explain the transfiguration itself or even describe it. What the disciples experienced on the mountain went beyond human language. Even the gospel writers struggled to find the right words. Mark, as you heard a moment ago, said, his clothes became dazzling white such as no one on earth could bleach them. Luke wrote, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. And Matthew put it this way, his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Preachers, authors, poets, musicians, and artists have for centuries attempted to capture the wonder and the mystery of the event, they have wrestled to put into words and images and sound what took place. One might say they have tried to describe the indescribable. Madeline Le author of A Wrinkle in Time, described the transfiguration in a poem. She wrote, in part, This is how he was radiant, brilliant, carrying joy like a flaming sun in his hands. And then she continues. This is the way he was, is, from the beginning, and we cannot bear it. So he manned himself, came manifest to us, and there on the mountain they saw him, really saw him, saw his light. While it is true that the transfiguration itself may be nearly indescribable, there is one thing that can be said of the transfiguration with absolute certainty and clarity. And that is this. In the event of the transfiguration, Jesus did not change. He did not become something that he wasn't. He did not, on that mountain, in that moment, all of a sudden turn into the Son of God. Jesus didn't just then become become divine. The Gospel writer John told us as much when he wrote, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Do you see? What happened in the transfiguration was that the identity of Jesus was revealed to the disciples and to us in its fullest measure. They saw his divinity on display, and then they heard the voice of God affirm it, saying, this is my son, the beloved. It is very much like Le Engel wrote. This is the way he was, is from the beginning. Jesus didn't change. What did change, however, was how the disciples saw him and understood him and received him. From the time of his prophesied coming, the identity of Jesus has been misunderstood and debated. There has always been confusion over his identity and his mission and his ministry. Some expected that when the promised one came, that he would be a warrior king, much like David. He would come to free them from their enemies and restore their land and their wealth and their happiness. Others anticipated a new Moses, who would dramatically lead them out of slavery and into freedom, leaving their enemy behind. Some thought he was John the Baptist. Others, Elijah. Even the disciples... Those who were closest to Jesus, those who witnessed firsthand the miracles and the healings and the raising of the dead, those who stood the best chance of understanding, even they had difficulty. Even they couldn't embrace the fullness of who this Jesus of Nazareth was. But the transfiguration changed that because it changed them. And it has the power to change us, too. As Episcopal priest, Father Michael Marsh put it, we do not need to see new things. We need to see the same old things with new eyes. We do not need to hear a different voice. We need to hear the same old voice with different ears. We do not need to escape the circumstances of our life. We need to understand them anew. For years, I've told the story of my dad through the lens of alcoholism. My dad's excessive drinking left an ugly mark on my family growing up. And then one day, at a writing conference, I found myself saying, I'm tired of telling that story. And so I rewrote it, and I began to tell the story of my dad through a different lens. I began by telling the story of my dad who taught me how to do the back float, who stood for long hours, chest deep in the waters of Long Lake, and patiently taught me how to trust the water. Though he has been gone for many years now, I can still hear his voice insisting that the water would hold and support me, even as I struggled against it. And I can hear him telling me that all I had to do was to let go and to allow the water to do what it was made for. I'm telling you, seeing our relationship in a new way was a transfigured moment. And I promise you, those moments are everywhere around us. That is the promise of the transfiguration. God is at work through Jesus, redeeming, restoring, and reconciling everything. Absolutely everything that has been disfigured by sin. And that includes all of our relationships and our experiences in the world in which we live. My prayer for you is this May your eyes and ears be opened anew, and when they can hardly believe what they see and hear, may your heart be opened and expanded and stretched to know the love of God as revealed in his Son, Jesus Christ. In the name of our transfigured Lord, amen.